Hey guys, welcome to the Lightmaker Podcast, a carefully curated collection of interviews with heart-centered change makers and spiritual entrepreneurs designed to ignite your inner light and to guide you in creating your most expansive life. I'm your host, Cassandra Bodzak, and today I'm thrilled to have Alex Ablin with me. Um, Al- <laughs> hey Alex, thanks for joining us. Thanks for letting me be here. This is awesome. Um, Alex has a really cool story. Um, So right now, he's the co-founder and CEO of Liquid Talent, which is a new generation job platform revolutionizing how world-changing companies discover, connect, and hire really incredible people. And uh, the Liquid Talent platform, it also connects exceptional professionals in technology and creative fields with local businesses. And you guys believe that the future of work will be more mobile, independent, and lifestyle-driven, which I'm all about. Um, But another another fun fact about Alex is that he also served as Google's public affairs manager from 2005 to 2013. And uh, one of my favorite things... uh, about Alex is that he describes himself as a committed optimist. <laughs> it's in my bio, isn't it? Yeah. I, <laughs> I love that. I was like, yeah. skip, skip, skip. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Does that bio also include that I'm a really good ping pong player? No, but you should okay. add that. That's the kind of stuff people need to know. <laughs> yeah. I'm middle, middle school singles and doubles champion. <laughs> Every day, every day. I love it. So, yeah. so Alex, I love to start at the beginning because I really find, I think the most inspiring gift we have is our story. And I really think that we can learn so much from other people's stories. So take us back to, I'm thinking UC Berkeley, but feel free to go farther back, um, if if possible, to where you kind of started formulating what you wanted to do and yeah. and how you wanted to be of service. Well, I think there's two two things that came to mind when you said how far back we want to go. And, and the first piece was that, my parents went to Woodstock separately in 1969. My parents were both Brooklyn-born Jewish hippies. I love it. <laughs> they had really long hair, and they went separately, and then they met a couple of years later and fell in love. Um, so I, I, you know, I have to think about my parents when I think about my story, and, and their story is certainly one of, um, of, of being open and, and being, being uh, inclusive and being loving and heart-driven. Um, they had me after after trying for seven years, so it took them a long time for them to have me. They didn't think they were going to be able to have me. When they had me, I was born in a full moon lunar eclipse. Oh snap! Cool. Yeah, yeah. So I I came out like ready to rock. You know, I was I was really excited to be born. Um, I was waiting for the right time, and that was the moment for me to enter uh, this 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 life form. Um, you know, I, I was just the most blessed kid. You know, I had two parents that just adored me more than anything, and, and they gave me every piece of support and love and guidance and coaching that um, that any that any child could hope for. So, uh, my story certainly starts with them. With them, um, you know, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, Sandra. Like that was just like growing up. You know, it was like that was the thing that I looked towards. I remember wanting to be a doctor and then wanting to be an architect, and then. Once I hit like 10 or 11 years old, it was like one day I want to run a company, you know? Um, and I, I think it comes, I think it stems from just the will to create. I, I read this really cool Reed Hoffman quote saying, he thinks all humans are entrepreneurs. It doesn't mean you start a for-profit company, but it means that all humans have this will to create. Mm. And I really like that. And, and when I was 10 or 11, I just, I just had that will to create. I didn't, I didn't know what it was going to be or, you know. Obviously, what that was going to look like, uh, and then it, you know, it took me a little bit longer than I thought. I actually started my first business when I was twenty-nine. So from that, like, in, like that early, like, feeling of ten, being like, "Yes, you're going to do this one day," it was nineteen years later that I actually jumped and did it. Yeah. So what was that when you were when you took the job at Google, which I think to a lot of people is like a dream gig. Yeah. Um. 
where was your head at with that? Were you kind of, were you excited for, I mean, you, you were doing some pretty cool stuff at Google, which you could share yeah. with the, the audience. So uh, it wasn't like you were really stuck in like a quote unquote boring desk job, but, um, but where was your head at? Yeah, you know, I, I started Google at 22, and I started in sales. So I, I did start kind of more on the more traditional track. Um, and at 24, I started an organization called Google Cares out of San Francisco. When we opened up the San Francisco office, I just saw this immense opportunity to do something philanthropic and, you know, um, drenched in, in, in goodness. Uh, we were now working and living in a city that, that it was the first time Google was there, so I I put together a plan, and, and, and I had eight people that helped me build Google Cares. So that actually then transitioned me out of sales into policy. And that policy transition then moved me from California to New York. So I ran Google's public affairs in Chelsea, um, Manhattan, and I was the first public affairs manager in New York, which was pretty cool, at 26. And I like to describe it as a unicorn dream job. Yeah. Um, I knew during the time I was very aware that, I, you know, I'll look back on my career and always have just immense fondness for that three-year run because it was just an incredible opportunity. I mean, you know, I came into New York and I basically had a golden key to the city, you know. Everyone was excited that Google was in, in, in New York and, and um, you know, Google has just been in a tremendous growth story since it started. Uh, I love my work. Every day my, my mission was how do I build goodwill in New York City? Um, how do I improve the condition of our neighborhood? Um, and, and how do I do it in a way that makes sense for Google? So it was environmental action. It was math and science and engineering education. Uh, it was providing access to the Internet through Wi-Fi projects. Uh, it was interacting with public officials. And, um, and my favorite thing was uh, giving tours of Google and having young kids from around the city come in and meet engineers and meet salespeople and, and just get a feel for what Google's all about. Uh, I really, really love my work. You know, I, I, would, I would always joke, um, you know, uh, in closed doors that I would, I would have done that job for, for much less than they paid me to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't tell my boss that. Yeah. That wasn't something that I would share in performance reports. But um, <laughs> I really did love it. Um, but, you know, I, you know it's, it's interesting. I, I was talking to a friend of mine, Anjali Kumar, who now is head of social innovation at Warby Parker, and she was in Google General Counsel. And I asked her about her career navigation, and she always said she believes on top, that she doesn't wait for it to get boring, and she doesn't wait for it to suck, and she doesn't wait for, you know, the team not to recognize her. She leaves when she's emerging and flourishing, you know, kind of like, you know, the way that John Elway or Michael Jordan or Wayne Gretzky leaves their, you know, it's just, it's this moment on the top of the mountain, and I, I felt that way. You know, I just, I just had such an incredible seven-year run. And I knew I didn't want to be there forever, right? So I was in this really wonderful place where I, 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 um, I had freedom. You know, I didn't have any financial obligations or family commitments. Um, and I had some space to really listen to my heart and take the time to say, what do I want to do with my life? You know, how do I want to spend my energy um, at least for the next seven years? You know, like, what do I want to do? Um, so I, I left and, uh, and, and it was hard. It's really hard to leave, but I, I, um, I summoned the courage, and I, I gave my notice, and I left, and I took six months to myself. Oh, wow. And I created that, I created that space to, um, you know, to really think about what called me and what would make me get excited to wake up in the morning, uh, and, uh, and Liquid Talent was, was the answer. Wow. That's wild. And, but before we get into that, because I want to go into more into that leaving in that six-month period, but I just want to yeah. highlight, I think it's so important. One of the reasons I was so excited to interview you is because I feel like I see a lot um, in my line of work where when people start getting that, and it sounds like you kind of grew up in this very like heart-centered mentality from your parents, um, where it was like support and love and being able to follow your dreams, and I think some people grow up with that. Some people get that along the way and they realize that they want to be of service. They need to be a part of helping something big. And I think sometimes we lose sight of how valuable we can be when we have that consciousness inside of a big company like Google where mm -hmm. we can use the fact like I love that you started Google Cares, that you were, there's this concept, um, I think it's called intrapreneurship. 
where you're like inside of a big company and and you know making those initiatives and I think it's so important for people to know that you can have that entrepreneurial instinct and take initiative where you are if you're in a great company totally you know totally yeah I, I you know I, I think you know if someone calls it you know disrupt on a rocket ship you know my my friend did a 30 minute talk uh, we started Google the same month and um, he, he wrote a speech, a 30 minute speech about disrupting in the rocket ship and Google's a rocket ship, you know, there's a few rocket ships. There's not that many, you know, they're, they're, they're very special organizations. Um, and that's why I was there for seven and a half years. I was very aware that I, I, I was, I was in an organization that was literally changing the world and, uh, how special that is. Yeah. And many companies never get that opportunity. So I savored it. And, and within that, um, I kind of follow the, the philosophy of asking for forgiveness rather than permission. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and as the company grew from 5,000 to 50,000 over my seven years, um, there was kind of more lines and bureaucracy and structure that had to emerge because it was just becoming such a beast. Um, but in that, um, I just took it upon myself because I had a little bit of seniority and um, I, I wanted to take risks. You know, I, I, I wanted to leave Google feeling like I really, um, I really tried and I really pushed it and I didn't just play the safe paths, which is so easy to do in a big company. Um, so I, I felt very entrepreneurial. You know, my, my manager actually was in Vermont and I was in New York. So I was really a team of one in New York City, too. So it felt even more entrepreneurial. Oh, wow. Yeah, our team was spread around the country. Uh, there's only there's only four of us running public affairs. Um so for the people out there that are thinking about whether to make change within an organization or create change outside of the organization and start from scratch, um, I, you know, there's no real prescriptive advice. I think it's obviously very individual and, and very circumstantial, but it's, it's, a wonderful, it's a wonderful thing to do within a big organization because you have the resources, you have the security, um, you have the brand, you have leverage points, you have access. Um, if the end goal is to make positive change, um, there's a lot of ways to do it, and, and certainly doing it within a, a, a big organization like Google is one of them. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's. Yeah, I think that's incredible, and I think it's good for people to know. But I also love your message of being bold and taking risks. And I think right now, more than ever, the climate demands it. Um, you, mm-hmm. you can't, I mean, you certainly can, but it won't be a big life. It won't be an expansive life if you just kind of like follow the crowd and don't really take that stand and take some risks. And I love that you, I love that, that advice. And I've actually heard, um, heard your friend talk, um, and she's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And, um, I love that advice about leaving on top. And I want to talk more about that because I feel like t- leaving on top can also help people that are leaving when they're not on top because it takes, you know, a lot of courage. I sim- similarly had a situation where I was an actress before I started doing what I was doing. And it was actually only once I started getting the like the jobs that I had been wanting for years that I realized that I, that I wanted to jump I jump ship. <laughs> And I was like, wow, well, now that I have everything, everything's going so great. I have everything that I've been, like, wanting. It made it really clear for me, I guess, Mm -hmm. that what I really wanted wasn't this. Right. You know, what I really wanted was to start my own thing, was to kind of follow that that heart knowledge that I was getting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you listened to that. (laughs) <laughs> I'm glad you listened to it too. <laughs> and now, um, but I, but I want to talk to you a little. Like, what, what kind of beliefs or practices did you use to be, um, to be able to do that? Because I feel like there's a lot of people. I mean, I actually just, I just talked to someone at an event last night uh, about something like this. And I feel like a lot of my audience is going through this, too. And it's really funny because I'm the kind of person, as I, I assume you are from our interactions, yeah. that you meet me at an event, we'll know each other for, like, 20 minutes, and we're, I know everything about your life, and um, I'm convincing you to quit your job. And so, 
I'm like, yeah. you're not happy here. Why are you doing? Like, what, right. let's design your life. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so the this woman I met, um, she was talking about how she's been working in this, you know, this sales job that is just high stress. Um, she's not feeling fulfilled, and she's just been doing it, you know, for a variety of reasons, but because she has a certain standard of living that she's used to, and. She's also in a position where she has these things that she enjoys, but she's really not sure how to make a business out of it. And she's just, I guess, too scared, to be honest. I think too scared to make that leap. So I think where was your head at when you were making yeah. that leap and and leaping into six months without yeah. anything? I was, I was, it was a, a mixture of a lot of emotions. You know, I was scared. I was uncertain. I was, um, you know, I, I really did think through it though. Like this wasn't a premeditated, like this was, this was a premeditated thing. This wasn't like a, a hot headed, you know, act of passion. Like, <laughs> this was a year and a half going on what, what and when. I knew it was a when question. It was just a matter of, you know, like what, what the plan was. And, you know, I just started. I just started saving a little bit more than I would traditionally, and I and I just started spending a little bit more time outside the organization and thinking about other, you know, other worlds that I could that I could play in. Um, you know, the, one of the biggest things was just leaving the, my friends at the company. You know, I was there for so long that I had such wonderful relationships with so many people that I couldn't imagine not seeing them every day. Yeah. You know, and just that human interaction was so important, especially with such brilliant people. Um. You know, I quit on a Monday. It was April 1st, 2013. April Fool's Day? April Fool's Day. And I started my career October 31st, 2005. So I like to joke that I start, I, I benchmarked my career at Google with two great American holidays, <laughs> Halloween and April Fool's Day. Um, I love it. And I, and I quit on Monday and I, um, and, and I, and I went home and I, and I threw up. I was, you know, like I was just so, there's so much emotion within me, you know, and so much stuff. And then I went to my going away party and I, and I gave a speech. Um, and, and in my speech, you know, I, I just said, it's time to step up. You know, I, I knew there was something else inside of me that needed attention. I wasn't sure exactly what it was, but it was just time for me to step up. You know, and, and if this was my last year on earth, then I wanted it to be something that was totally um, – uh, aligned with what I thought my best contributions to society could be, right? Um, you know, nothing is guaranteed, and and I wouldn't have felt good about my life if it just was that. You know, like I knew there was more, and I had to listen to it, and and, and it was scary, um, but I'm so glad I did. You know, and 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 I, and I think, um, you know, looking back on it, I, I have absolutely no regrets. I'm really proud of the work I did there, and I'm really proud of how I left and. I would say to people that are thinking about leaving, you know, leave with really good bridges intact, right? It's a long career out there, and and you want to maintain relationships with people uh, throughout your life, if, you know, if you value them. So so leave with integrity, you know, be communicative, um, be emotional if you feel emotional, like, you know, be honest, and, and, and be in touch, stay in touch, you know, drop people texts and emails, and, and, just, and just keep those relationships nourished. Um, you know, I, uh, I'm, I, I just look back on that day with, with uh, a lot of fondness, and um, I always celebrate April Fool's Day now <laughs> with uh, a little high five and a, and a moment to savor that day, you know? Yeah, I, I do know. <laughs> and I do know. It's like a birthday of sorts when you yeah. really look back at it and you think, wow, that was the moment that... I said, well, in my head, I said, F it, let's go. <laughs> let's just do this. Let's rip it. Let's, let's do this. this. And 19, later, 19 days later, I was uh, in a deserted island in Cambodia uh, for seven days. You know, and I just totally detoxed and I just went off the grid. Um, and that was the start of that six month journey for me. I was in Cambodia and Thailand, which was amazing. How did that happen? Uh, it was through a digital detox. Um, Levi Felix runs an organization, and he takes people into whether it's Cambodia or the redwoods in California, and he uh, kind of gets them back to their natural human state without crazy electronics and technology. And 
And I thought, what a perfect way for me to leave Google through through a detox like that, and, and in Cambodia, no less. Um, and then I spent five weeks traveling Southeast Asia uh, on my own, and I went to Pai, and I did some, some just some really great yoga and meditation and, and swimming, and I learned to scuba dive. And, you know, I just came back from that trip like, okay, you know, like refreshed and totally uh, ready to, to embark on whatever that next thing was. Um, so, you know, I, 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 six months felt like a long time at the, at the time, you know, maybe I should have done even more now that I think back on it. It's like, there's no more six month chunks anymore. It's a, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of long days now building a startup. Um, but I love it too. So that's, that's okay. I, I, I love that. I mean, I feel like that's so necessary to fuel yourself and I'm a big believer where I feel like I did it a little bit differently because I had circumstances in my life that kind of went on, you know, breakups and, and family illness and stuff like that, mm-hmm. that kind of make me made me get to that place of intense self-care, I would call it, where yeah. I kind of had to go in and be like, I'm just going to meditate. I'm going to, you know, figure out what's going on in here and like clear everything yeah. out. Um, but I think it's it's also a beautiful thing that I think just proves how in a space of, of real trust you were with the universe or the powers that be or whatever you want to call yeah. it, that yeah. that you were like, you know what, okay, I'm jumping ship, I don't know where the next ship is, but I'm going to enjoy my time in the ocean between ships. <laughs> you know? So, so you're, it's not the destination. Like, what is it? Like, where are we going? That is it. You know, the the, the time, the time in the ocean was almost a ship in itself. Like it was a long road out there. And uh, yeah. And I, uh, you gotta enjoy the journey, right? Like what's the end goal of any of this stuff, right? Like if you're doing it for, for fame and wealth, you're probably not, um, doing it for the right reasons. Right. So yeah, I, I really recommend to people, if you're transitioning out of something, take the time. Whether it's a relationship or a career or a city or a death or just whatever like major life events that happen, take the time to heal and to transition. Yeah. Don't rush that process, you know? Yeah. And enjoy it, you know? I feel enjoy like it. even if, you know, circumstances that aren't, you know, great lead you to that place... You know, I feel like there's still so much enjoyment that can be found. And I love what you said about if this is my last year on Earth, mm-hmm. I don't want to be doing this. And was there anything that sparked that mentality in you? Or is that something that you've just kind of, like, had? I love, I read your, I'm obsessed with, and you guys, if you head to liquidtalent.com, you have to read there, <laughs> Who Are We?, because I'm like, yes, 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 every line of it. And yeah. at the end of it, it says we live every day like it's our last. And yeah. that's something that's been yeah. new to me. I think the past few years I've adopted that mentality. And mm-hmm. it's been made all the difference. Mm. Has, have, have, and and you've, you've, you feel your life has changed through really kind of like keeping that in consciousness and, well, and you, thinking about mortality? You know, I have... Um, I have a 25-year-old little brother, and he got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, so it was it's really serious, and um, so he's doing well right now. He's had a lot of operations, and he's on the up and up, but when he first got diagnosed, um, it was the first time in my life I had ever like come face-to-face with someone younger, young, not, the, not only that I loved, but that was younger than me is mortality. Um, I hadn't had that experience. I lived a pretty pleasant life growing up as far as that so when all that was happening with him and like there were a few times when I was first starting my business that I spent most of I mean I spent most of the past two years in hospitals and doing everything out of the hospital waiting room and you know writing all my blogs and doing all the things and um and it just kept that really present for me knowing that like I didn't know how many more days he had that that well, what there's no difference between him and me, you know. Yeah. He, there was no. Yeah. We both grew up in like a very you know nice upbringing. There wasn't any, you know. Yeah. So that kind of having that um, 
just changed me, I think, forever in the way of now I do live in that mentality of life. When I was acting, it was always that mentality of like, it'll be great when it gets there, you know, it'll be great eventually. Yeah, that I would just live in this fantasy of like it'll be fine when I'm when I'm finally making those independent films that are like really, you know, talking about real things in the world or you know what it is. But like the reality of what my day to day was was doing like silly like dumb blonde parts on comedy shows or what you know what I mean? And that's fun and whatever, but it, it wasn't really filling what I was like exactly what you said if this was my last year on earth would I be proud of what I've done or be happy with yeah. what I'm doing yeah yeah we, we we just wrote another blog post about it um, on, on Liquid Talent Medium's uh, site about Steve Jobs and how he approached that and how he talked about you know really looking yourself in the mirror and saying if this was it what you'd be doing would you go would you do the day in front of you you know and, and, I, and I you know I don't want to you know fool anyone out there like there's things you just have to do in life, like pay the bills or like get by. And, like, yeah. Like, you know, Invoice like, people. Uh, <laughs> That's one of my least favorite things. I think, but I think it's important to think about. And, 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 and that was ultimately, you know, thinking about looking back on my life. Um, you know, one of the other things I said at, at the speech at Google when I left was, you know, I got to step up and that I want to make my 60 year old self proud of my 29 year old self. Yeah. I envisioned my six-year-old self giving my 29-year-old self a high five yeah. for, for taking that leap and being risky. Um, and, then, and, then with the four, and then with the knowledge of what that next 31 years of my life entailed because of that decision. Um, and I think it's important to like put yourself out there, you know, and to like, like look, looking back, you know, if, if whatever you're, you know, thinking of when you're a senior citizen and looking back when you're younger, because it's going to go by pretty quickly, and you want to really savor it. Um, and I want to make my older version of myself really proud. So that was ultimately like, okay, you know, we all, it's it, one of my favorite sayings is, you know, whether you're a pawn or a king, all, all the chess pieces go back into the same box. Mm-hmm. You know, and when I look back on my life and I go back in that box with, you know, as, with all humans as we do, um, how do I want to go back into it and how do I want to feel? about about the way I lived yeah so I just had to go and I had it and I had a jump and I had to go scuba diving in uh Hotel <laughs> Thailand and then I had to come back here and and uh climb Mount Shasta and run a marathon and um and fall in love and spend time with my parents and, and do all these wonderful things and and ultimately that filled me up to feel confident in, in doing this next thing that I'm that I'm doing now and now it's it's uh, two. It's two years on October tenth of, of Liquid Talents. It's crazy because it's almost been two years of running the company. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, that is amazing, yeah. and I love. And I want to talk about starting Liquid Talent, but I love that what you said about filling yourself up because yeah. that's something that I can't stress enough about. When we fill ourselves up with, you know, like you said, with loving relationships, with doing those adventures, whether it be running a marathon, scuba diving, traveling the world, you know, it, I think so many, a lot of people forget to live, you know, they forget that your life informs your work, your life enriches your work. And, and when you fill yourself up and take that time for you, then you have more to overflow into the rest of the world. Then you yes. can be of service, and it's not right. as it's not draining you because you have so much to give. Self care. I know you love self care. I love self care. Yeah, I mean, you got to start with you to do anything else, right? I mean, what what are you going to do if you can't? You got to take care of yourself. Yeah. So why don't you take us into? Um, well, you know, let's go into starting Liquid Talent, and then I want to ask you about your own personal routines. But okay. um, so. So the the six months is coming to a close. At what point did you have that aha moment where you're like, this is it. This is my business. Yeah. You know, I had this like big Google Doc of all these ideas that I collected over the years. And I would just keep a running tally of things that I wanted to do and, and businesses I wanted to start. And Liquid Talent was one of them. And it over that time, it kind of kept on coming up as like a top three, you know. <laughs> and there was a couple of others that I was like, 
I was excited about and I would love to do if I had an eighth day in the week or something. <laughs> um, and it, you know, it was the, it was the thing that I would I would wake up thinking about or go to sleep thinking about. Uh, it was it would be the thing that I got most excited about when I was telling my family and friends like what I was thinking about doing next. It was like a very visceral noticeable difference in the quality of my presentation uh, and the, in the way that I talked about it, right? Like I sparked up. Yeah. And the other ideas were really cool, but it just didn't spark me like this did. Um, so that just like over the, over a couple of months of, of feeling that and, 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 and receiving that and, and, and my, you know, my family and friends kind of sharing that with me, that feedback with me, it was like, well, it seems like this is it, you know? Um, and I think that's so valuable. Sorry to cut you off. Um, I just think that's really valuable feedback. And when you're thinking about, because I think the, like you said, like the, as much as we'll both attest that we're doing what we love and, you know, really love what we do, there are a lot of times where you're working really late hours or, you know, it's the weekend and I've definitely had that experience where it's the weekend, but like I have things I have to get done and like I'm still chipping away and it's that spark that you have and truly doing, I like call it like what lights you up that allows you to sail through those times, allows that to not still, you know, when it's, when it's starting to feel like work, still not feel like work, you know, in that way. You're willing to do the work because you have that that natural, like, passion for it. Yeah, yeah, there's messy stuff to it, you know. It's definitely not all rainbows and, and sunshines and kittens. <laughs> <laughs> but if you have that foundational love for it and it really is aligned and it does spark you, like, that will get you through the winters. Yes. And that will get you through the dark days. Yes. Um, because if, it, if you don't have that stuff and, it, and when it does get hard, you're probably not going to do it, you know, you're probably not going to stay with it. And you shouldn't, frankly. Like, that's, like, your body is saying, like, okay, um, this is probably not the right thing right now anymore. Um, so, you know, when I started it, I wanted to feel like I could do this for the next 10 years of my life. Yeah. You know? Um, I really wanted to sink into this idea, and I really wanted to sink into building the right organization to support the vision. Um, one of my mentors said that, uh, every successful business that he started is for whatever reason it just seems to take six years, and he's had he's built three very 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 successful businesses, and he says in year six across the board something happens. So he told me that when I was at year one, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> no. <laughs> what six? You know, and that was his experience. And it's just, it just, it, it was, it was good for me to hear at that time, as I was, I was going through a pretty tar- tough point at, you know, at, at that point of the company, and 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 just kind of taking myself out of the weeds a little bit, and and, and taking a bird's eye view of of life and time and and how things work, and um, you know, I think in the media you get a sense that like Instagram and Snapchat take six months and. Uh, you can be a billionaire very quickly. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. I think it's a really tough message for the public to hear. You know, because it, it, does, it doesn't work that way. Um, I, I can tell you that Instagram and Snapchat wasn't an overnight success. It does take time. But they did have really quick, you know, they really did hit, have quick success. It, it, it's, a, it's an immensely unlikely thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's okay. And it's possible. But you really shouldn't be, if you think it's going to work in the first six months or 12 months or 18 months, you know, it, it, it's probably not. And, uh, and just being okay with that, you know, that just trust the process, trust yeah. the journey. Um, and, and that, and that spark gets you through that whole arc. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I think I definitely echo those sentiments because I think that a lot of people thought I was like an overnight, you know, I don't even want success. I don't even like that term but you know that like overnight came on the scene or whatever and they didn't know that I had been keeping a blog since I was 20 you know Mm -hmm. this is you know if you like in hindsight this is eight years in the making (laughs) I love you (laughs) you guys I just graduated college (laughs) surprise Right? And so, and you're right. Honestly, your mentor, that's really funny because it probably was around year six where it blew up. 
you know and then but that's the thing i feel like with every with a lot of things it's um it's like you said it's having that love for it and in different cases where um depending on what you're doing or your path being able to for me it was not using i didn't i think i've been living off of it for three years And I probably, I started making money off of it maybe like a year or so before that. But I didn't go into it assuming I would make any money, (laughs) you know. And obviously that changes depending on the kind of business you're doing. But when I first started doing it, it was just because I needed to do it. Like I needed to start it. I needed to get something going. And I didn't care if I was making money off it or not. I was doing whatever it took to make the money while I was doing it. Um, but but for your path, that's a little different. Um, what? So what did it look like, though? I think a lot of people, myself included, to be honest, even though I run my own business, it's very different than starting your company. Mm-hmm. It can feel intimidating to think, okay, I have this great idea. Like, I really feel passionate about creating this company. I want to make it come to life. Now, where do I even start? Yeah. Yeah. So, is, is, um, I, guess, I guess the question is, or, or I guess the right approach is, like, um, you know, chunk it out, right? Like, you can only do so much every day. Um, and, and, and the reason, like, you can't, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day is such a ubiquitous maxim. Like, there's a reason, right? Like, I, I always struggle with, like, this balance between urgency and patience. Ah, uh, yes. And that tension between the two poles of it. I want to do so much today, you know? Um, and, and in my next 12 hours, I need to, you know, kind of manipulate my mind and body to get as much possibly done as I can. And I'm going to go home tonight at nine and I'm going to feel like I have so much more to do. And I just know it, you know, so that's okay. So like, I guess it's accepting the fact that you can only do so much and being okay with it and giving your best every day. Right. That's one of the four, uh, agreements is do your best. Um, and I love that one. I also love don't take it personally. Yes, that's a good one. That's one that in, my, in, in, in the Jewish New Year that I'm <laughs> celebrating right now that I'm really uh, kind of uh, meditating on is not taking anything personally, which is so hard and so true. Yeah. Gosh, it's, just, it's such a good four. It's such a good agreement of the four. Um, but doing your best, right? Like, just do your best today. Um, and, and just chip away. Chip, keep, like, I like that. I like that expression. Just chip away. Just keep chipping away. Yeah. You know? Um, how long, how long did Michelangelo spend on the David chipping away? Yeah. I don't know, but it was a long time. Yeah. (laughs) We don't know. (laughs) It's safe to say. Didn't happen in a week. Yeah. (laughs) Sistine Chapel took nine years. I know that. Right. And, and that's like, I think, yeah, I think it's good to go into it knowing that. And it's a it's a process, you know, and I think I've been wanting to. I told you this before we started. It's just the podcast has been something I've wanted to do for a while now, you know, but it's kind of allowing, like you said, weighing that, you know, that, that between urgency and patience and really, you know, building a foundation and then allowing, you know, everything, you know, deciding, making those decisions on what to grow first and what to put your energy into and... I'm interested in how you and how your approach to making those decisions is, but I'm also curious about you're talking about. I really like that concept of how do I make the most with my mind and body of today, and what's what's your formula for that? Your personal method. I think um, I think getting fresh air and walking around as much as you can, you know, in a cubicle life, it's, it's easy just to not get outside. So I try to remind myself of that on a daily practice. Um, I, you know, I, I, I need to get enough sleep, right? Like I'm just not effective. I know that about myself. Like I need a minimum of six. I prefer eight. Mm-hmm. I try to get between six and eight every day. Um, you know, I joked around with you this morning before we started the interview that uh, I, I got up earlier this morning um, so I could take a run, so I could be my mind could be as fresh as possible for this for this interview. 
Um, I love a morning run. It's just the greatest, it's the greatest thing, you know? And like, it takes a couple of bits, you know, of minutes of like in the morning, like, oh my God, I can't believe I put my running shoes on right now. It's like, <laughs> like, this, like I, I could just <laughs> I would rather just run to sleep for the next hour. But I, you know, you push through that little moment of, and, and then you, and you, and, and you just feel wonderful. I think those endorphins are really great. So sweating in the morning is like, is like the best. Yeah. It totally changes the quality of your day. Um, and if you have to sweat in the afternoon or in the evening, like, great. Just like, uh, you know, a sweat a day is just phenomenal. Um, I try to read something that's not digital, right? Like, it's hard to, but off the iPad or off the MacBook, like, pick up something that's not, I think that's, I think that's a good practice. Um, you know, and, and really, I, I love yoga. I just love it. I think it's the greatest, um, so I would I would recommend sprinkling in yoga for those that are not. I imagine the audience that you have are very good yogis. I'm um, sure, yeah. Yeah, and it's, but that's a wonderful thing. What else on routine stuff? Um, you know, breaking routine sometimes too. I think is cool. Like I don't think you need to be so steadfast in it either. Like if you miss a couple of days, or if you have one too many drinks, or you know you, you don't get enough sleep on a three-day window, like, don't beat yourself up about it, I think is important, too. So I love everything in moderation, including moderation. <laughs> I love it. So, you know, having a good routine, knowing what your body and your mind needs to be the best version of yourself, uh, but not being too hard on yourself when you slip or life happens, um, and just and just rolling with that wave, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I think it's too. It's like I love how you talk about um, how you said when you get up for that morning run. And um, I don't know if you have a daily meditation practice, but for a lot of people I know, running or mm-hmm. that morning exercise is kind of their form of meditation. Yeah. Um, and for me, I get up really early in the morning and have my meditation practice. But the thing I really like to communicate to people is that I don't necessarily wake up and I'm like, yay, it's, you know, I can't, you know, it's, it's 6 a.m., but I just want to meditate, you know, and I love it and I love what it does for my clarity, but there is that human pushing yeah. through it and, and yeah. getting to the, you know, and I think that's, I really feel like that makes the difference, when you're like, I'm willing to invest this hour in myself so that I'm clearer and more focused and, you know, more in line for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And then not being mad at yourself when you don't. What? Thank you for waking up at six today and meditating. So we have a, <laughs> a wonderful conversation. So that, so that we can have good energy. <laughs> pushing through. Pushing through. What are tips, what are tips to push through? When your body and your mind are like, dude, don't like you don't want you don't want to go on that run. Like, just rest, sleep. Like, what do you what do you call on, or, or how do you get through some of those rougher like moments of of the resistance? Well, I think the the re- constant of resistance, I think, is really um, important. Have you ever read? I feel like you probably have read uh, Stephen Pressfield, The War of Art. I haven't. Oh, you would love it. It's all about resistance. It's a really quick read. I always keep it by my desk when I'm writing. Um, but he talks about resistance and how we're all kind of facing resistance um, in different areas of our lives, whether it's with, he talks about it with writing. He's writing a novel um, in the thing, but in any like project or, you know, thing. And I think resistance is a really interesting concept because it can be, it can be misunderstood in the way of if resistance is, Resistance can be telling you something. If you're resisting doing, I always listen to my resistance when it has to do with relationships, whether they're work or personal. Um, Because if I'm resisting a certain like partnership for like a collaboration or something, usually that's like my soul or something telling me that it's not right for me. Um, It's not the best way to go. So there are, I think, instances where our resistance is really trying to inform us that something is not in our highest path. And what that resistance feels like, I feel like is more of a, I just don't know about this, you know, and that kind of a feeling of resistance. And, um, and then the resistance that you feel like before a run or the resistance that you feel in the morning before like getting up to meditate, 
Um, that's more of like our ego's resistance is going to try to be like, yeah, I need to run or, you know, you don't, you know, yeah. you know, but we know, I think it's the resistance that we need to push through is the resistance where we know what's on the other side of it is something that's going to help us on, I like to say, help us on our like mission on this planet, help us on our soul's journey, enrich us in some way. Um, and that's, I think, a healthy resistance where, you know, when you're in tune with yourself and you're in tune with your body, you know the difference between a morning where you genuinely are running ragged, have had a really rough week at work, and your body physically needs that rest more than it does the exercise. And, yeah. and listen to that. And listen to that. Yeah. And, like, forgive yourself mm-hmm. and don't beat yourself up and enjoy that rest and take care of yourself. But it's also knowing when it's just that little annoying little bird on your, you know, shoulder being like, well, of course the covers will be nicer right now, you know? <laughs> so, so I think for yeah. me it's always like... <laughs> it's just knowing what form of resistance it is. And if on the other side of it I know is um, a choice for my highest good, you know, I know the difference. And I think a lot of that is getting into the habit. Like, I'm like once you start running in the morning and you know how good you feel after it, or once I started doing sadhana, like my hour of meditation practice every day, and I realized that I felt like a freaking superhero after it. You know, that, yeah, that feeling of knowing, like, after I do X, Y, and Z, I feel like I can take on the world. Yeah. Yeah. How could I not choose that? Yeah. It's, 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 that's a great, thank you for the resistance piece. That's helps. That helps me. I like that a lot. (laughs) I hope, um. I hope I set my alarm early tomorrow and go for the run tomorrow. I'll yes. let you know. Yes, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> um, oh, my God. There's so much I want to talk to you about. Uh, okay, so I'm going to... Oh, man. Okay, so I'm going to ask you one more personal question, one more business question, and I'll wrap it up. Okay. Um, one more personal question is, I know you mentioned, like, t- you're, you work 12 hours, 12-hour days. Um... I know that you're in an amazing relationship and I adore your girlfriend. And I think that something um, a lot of people when they're starting a business that they kind of neglect their their personal relationships, whether it be whether it be romantic or friendships or family, when they dive into that um, at first or they feel that they can't have both. Like I, I get that a lot. Um, actually I get that a lot from men sometimes when they're starting a new endeavor, they feel, um, and this is not necessarily in like a personal way, but just through like talking to people, um, they feel like this has to give all of my attention and I don't know how. So how do you find that balance and, and what would you necessarily say to someone that was like, well, I want to be in a relationship. I also want to create this amazing company. How do I do it both? Yeah. Um, a couple of thoughts come to mind. I, I think some of the people that inspire you um, that are older, um, that are married or in a relationship or have children um, or are doing things that are professionally more demanding than what you may be doing, um, they're doing it, right? Like there are people out there that are excelling. You know, I think, I think President Obama and his relationship with his wife, Michelle, is an amazing example of a tremendously... Uh, demanding being president of the country (laughs) and still allowing for his marriage to work, you know? Um, I think that's one of the greatest contributions he may have had in our country. Absolutely. He's showing family and marriage while still carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders. So, you know, being CEO of Liquid Talent is really hard, um, but I put it in perspective, right? I also, what I do with Susie is... You know, we check in, right? Like, we'll just send a text or we'll do a quick call at 2.30 in the afternoon for three minutes. You know, and just hearing each other's voice for those three minutes matters, you know? Um, we try to we try to pick pick our times where it's like, okay, we're going to get home early tonight. Like, we need to see tonight at home and we're just going to wrap up early. And we're going to just know that that's an important decision that we just have to make. Um, I haven't always honored that. And, and I, need, I need to continue 
to um, improve in that area, right? Um, what it also helps is that she's an entrepreneur. You know, she has her own business and she's starting a company from scratch like we are. And that's something that I think she just has empathy and I have empathy. Like we understand that, that requires a certain level of commitment. Um, we travel, you know, we, 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 uh, we try to, we try to enjoy our weekends. Um, we also know that this is a certain time. It's like the next eight weeks for me, um, is going to require more time at liquid talent than maybe the last eight weeks or the, or the next eight weeks. But this eight weeks is just, this is an eight week window that really needs me. So I think approaching it from a higher time scale is helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, not just day to day, but maybe month to month or, you know, week to week or month to month. Um, but also, Cassandra, it's hard. You know, like, honestly, like this, this stuff, this, this balance of, of, of relationships, um, of friendships and family life. Um, I've learned a lot in two years now doing this business, you know, and um, my parents come tonight and I can't wait to see them. No. I, I, you know, I... Um, I want to get better at reminding those that I love that I love them more often. And, and I think sometimes you think like making a phone call might be too time consuming. You don't have the time, you push it off. I just urge people to, you know, um, make that phone call, right. You know, like send that text, send that email. Um, you know, what's really important and it's relationships at the end of the day. Right. So, I've always kind of kept that near and dear to my heart that, and, and, and that's been instilled in me at a very young age. Um, so I, I, I do create that time and, and I, and I really try my best to honor those relationships. And uh, I have plenty of Jewish guilt when I don't, <laughs> when I don't call my aunt, you know, <laughs> I miss my aunt's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it is, it's, but I think going back to that initial thing of like, there's a lot of amazing human beings out there that are doing a lot of really well in a lot of these facets of life and you can do it. Yeah. You can do it. You can do it. I, you know, and I really love what you said about having an in- inspirational couple. And, um, it's funny. I, the Obamas are a great example. I was using a, <laughs> for a while I was in a relationship and I, I, again, I think it's, it's good to be honest about it. It is something that requires work and requires effort um when you're when you're juggling these two and i would use angelina jolie and brad pitt because <laughs> i would be like these guys have god knows how many children are like always in different countries different countries and and i know a lot of people will be like well they have all this money da, da, da. like you know what yeah maybe they have all this money but that don't tell me that's still not work that still requires like a jigsaw puzzle of people you have to maneuver. Yeah. So <laughs> it also helps being extremely good looking. <laughs> Wait, which you and Susie both are, so I'm sure. But all right, well, I, I love that. I love that, and I think yeah, you're right. I think a lot of it's about don't don't feel guilty. You know, you have to follow what you love and. And also in my experience, I've, I've learned that, you know, it's a learning process. So, so reach out when, when you remember to reach out and the people that love you will just be happy that you reached out and nine out of 10 times you're going to forget that it took you three months to do it or whatever, you know, don't like not make that effort because now you feel like you've gone too long. Um, So true. But I really want, um, I want to talk about your Future of Work Summit coming up before we wrap up. Yeah, thank you. So tell me a little bit about the Future of Work Summits, but also I really, I want to hear, you know, what's on the horizon for Liquid Talent. Yeah, so, you know, we've been doing this now for two years, um, and and I just mentioned that this eight-week window coming up, so we're launching early November. Uh, We're publicly launching with a mobile app that's available with a web app that works with a community of hires and talent that are using the platform and, and really thriving, uh, with the product. Um, so like all we're, we're putting all our ducks in a row to now walk forward into the public light. And that launch uh, happens November 5th. And I'd love for you to be there. Cassandra, it'd be awesome if you can come make it. Yay. So within this launch experience, um, 
one one of our one of our marketing strategies and, and one of the things that we really care about uh, is is bringing people together, right? So part of the future of work around mobility, independence, and lifestyle, like we we um, we're building technology, but we know that the the in person connection matters more than anything, right? Um, so we try to build technology that's geo location sensitive that we can actually connect hirers and talent in the same city and hire local and empower your community. And in that spirit, we're doing annual conferences in the boroughs. So we did one in Brooklyn in April, and we're doing one in, um, in Manhattan on October 15th at Civic Hall, and then we're doing one in the Bronx on October 29th at the Bronx School of Law, Justice, and Government. And these conversations that we're having are really cool. You know, we're like, so what does the future of work look like in 2030? How are we professionally organizing ourselves? What tools are we using? How do we get the most out of our out of our talent? Um, you know, how do you recruit people? You know, what what type of organizations are going to be winning in 2030? You know, it's amazing if you if you think about the last 15 years and and all the things that that we take for granted, like the iPhone and Facebook that wasn't around, right? Like, imagine what things looked like in 2000 versus yeah. what they look like in 2015. And the rate, of, the rate of change is only increasing. So 2030, um, we're going to be in a very, very different professional world. And the conversations that we have, we get to explore it. And it's just a lot of fun to think about and talk about and how do you prepare yourself to, to have a wonderful 2030, um, thinking about it today. Yeah, and shaping that. Mm-hmm. Shaping what 2030 looks like by those conversations. Yeah. And the yeah. thing I, I love about I love about what you're doing here. Sorry, I'm cutting you off. <laughs> um, I love about what you're doing here is because I feel like work has it has gotten to the place where everybody can work remotely. People aren't, you know, there's a lot less face to face interaction than there used to be. And mm-hmm. I love that you're kind of taking the future of work and, you know, connecting people essentially if someone did want to work remotely you know, could connect with them, but you're also making that localness a priority, making that face-to-face connection important again, which I personally see the future um, circling back to. Yeah. We can't lose our humanity in this te- technical revolution. Yeah. Right? We just it, just it just wouldn't be good for our species and our planet. Like, we have to maintain a level of connectedness. Like, we're a very social creature. Um, and, and, and liking someone's photo... Um, is, is an act of social creatureness, but it's not, it doesn't get to the point of, you know, looking in someone's eyes and, and, and smelling them and touching them and being around them and building that bond. Um, so that was one of the very early theses and tenets of liquid talent is location really matters and location matters because you can see someone face to face. So we're always going to hold that core element of our DNA near and near and dear to our hearts. Um, and, and, and I just love these summits because we get to gather a couple hundred people in the same room at the same time and, and explore these topics and build these relationships. Yeah. So, you know, that's a, we're one month away from, from Manhattan future of work summit. And I, um, I can't, I can't wait for it. We're getting some really great speakers some really great topics and um, some cool things will be happening that night. Yay. I, I'm excited. I'm so excited for all this. So, yeah, so what kind of people do you want to, um, what kind of people should be looking into liquid talent to, to sign up? Yeah, that's a great question. So if you're looking to grow your teams and you're looking for, for talent, you know, um, so from the hiring perspective, uh, come on board for the talent side, we're looking for, really technical and creative folks right now. So developers, designers, hackers, coders, graphic artists, visual artists. You know, we're starting with two real skill sets around tech and creative with the plan to expand from there. So in 2016, we want to include marketing and sales. We want to include finance and accounting. We want to include event planners. We want to include, um, you know, public relations specialists and, and communication specialists. You know, Liquid Talent intentionally is a very open brand. It's a very wide thought, right, talent. So we're starting with tech and creative. Um, So if you're that type of talent today, come on board. It's application-based, so companies apply and talent applies. 
And, and the companies apply if we want companies that have a mission. We want companies that I want to work for, that I would, that I feel connected to, right? So it's, it's more of like the, the, the Apples versus the Microsofts. It's more the Teslas, you know, versus the, the GMs. Um, we want future forward brands that, that have a vision and integrity to be part of with the talent. Uh, and then for the talent perspective is, you know, we know that these organizations require a certain level of skill and competency and experience. So we're also um, approving, approving the talent. So you know that if you get through those, um, those approval processes, you can have the sense of um, trust and uh, excitement that the interactions you're going to be making are going to be really meaningful um, and can lead to a quick professional connection. I love that. I think it eliminates... Um a lot of the, I have a couple of my girlfriends right now, they're in that like job searching process. Um, and there's just a lot of, you know, you have to go on a lot of dead ends interviews or a lot of interviews for companies that you don't, you don't know that. I think there's a really, you know, on both ends, it's nice to know that these companies have been vetted and, and put up to a certain standard and as well as the talent to just maximize efficiency and, and, you know, be able to know that you're going to have a really, um, high quality conversations at the least yeah. out of it. Yeah. Cassandra, join liquid talent, please put your company on. <laughs> designer or developer today. I do actually. I need- <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> will you, will I get approved? <laughs> <laughs> we will see. <laughs> I love it. All right. Close us with Alex. What is your most expansive life look like? Mm. Well, I want to say that I that we've been talking about reading a little bit today and books that we love, and I just finished Many Lives, Many Masters. Oh, okay. Have you read it? No. Brian Weiss. Oh, it's, yeah. Brian Weiss. It's a book about um, past regressions and looking, uh, working with hypnosis um, to, to to heal this this woman, um, her current traumas, and and it was very comforting. It was very comforting because uh, it just continued down my belief that this is just one moment in a in an infinite journey that we're all going through. Um, one of the things that he says is that. All of us have the same diamond within us. We have this bright diamond within all of us. And those that shine brighter just have been doing more work on scrap, you know, like on polishing the diamond surface. Um, but we all have an equal diamond. So like that recognition for me is, is I think, really, really important. When I, when I maybe be judgmental or I may be dismissive or... Um, I have negative thoughts towards another human being. Um, to know that we come from the same source and the same, and we both have the same diamond within us. Um, and then it also means for me that, like, I just want to keep on polishing mine, right? Like, I have so much work to do, and I really am lucky that I have another day in front of me to, to keep polishing it. So my expansive life is, is, is really, you know, that 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 um, that belief um, that we're all equal, and that I need to continue absorbing the lessons that that this life uh, time has in front of me. I love that. I love that. And actually, my mentor and me use that same diamond metaphor. Um, and I think when you realize that we're all just polishing our own diamond. And when you know from your own experience at times how difficult that can be, um, you can have a lot more compassion for other people because you realize whatever they're putting out at you is really just their version of trying to figure it out and trying to uncover their diamond if it's hidden or or whatever is going on there. (laughs) But I love that. I love that. I love that. I'm also a big believer in that, you know, we have many lifetimes, but, you know, we're here to make the most of this one and, mm-hmm. um, and that diamond. I think it's true. I think also living from that diamond, and I like to see our diamond as not only what unifies us, but is also what's unique to all of us and our specific, like, mission and, and what we're here to do is how I view my diamond. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. So I think when we really focus on that and we focus on, you know, who am I here to be, you know, then 
then we can make decisions accordingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your diamond is shining very brightly, Cassandra. Aww, so Thank is you yours. Thank you so much love and wisdom. <laughs> thank you so much for giving me your time and energy today i know you have a ton of other stuff to get done and this has been an amazing interview and i i appreciate all of your insights and i just know that everybody listening at home um is feeling so inspired and ready to either sign up for liquid talent or to just jump ship and go scuba diving for six months Feel free to find me, guys. I'm uh, I'm at Alex Ablin on social. It's at Liquid Talent on social. Uh, I'd love to hear from you guys, and and I really enjoyed this interview with you, Cassandra. So thank you so much. Yay! So did I. And don't worry, guys. I'll add all the links below. So hopefully it'll be super easy to find Alex, um, and to get more information about Liquid Talent. All right. Well, I will talk to you guys next week. And I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Bye, guys. And thank you, Alex. Thanks. (laughs) Yay. That was awesome.